Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is the man who constantly runs upstairs when being chased by the murderer, Mr. Drew Celestino. Doesn't sound like it would bode well for me. Well, you know, it's one of the classic mistakes. Yeah. The front that, door's right there. That and the whole no virginity thing. Yeah, yeah. We do kind of buck the uh, the geek stereotype in that. I'm in trouble. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Folks, here More we go again. <laughs> How you doing, sir? I'm good. I, you're far away from me today. I just so far. Just reach out. Well, it's because we're in a different spot. Reach out to us. We are in the Monte Carlo studios at my, my abode, my humble home. Um, did that to accommodate our guests who will be chiming in later. Um, yeah, this was they're under gag order. Right they're, under, now. they're under gag order for the moment. Uh, folks, as we were just talking before we started here, contrary to what the final product may appear, a lot of times we're just kind of caught off guard about, especially in the in-between seasons of Netflix shows, of what we're going to do, and we kind of found ourselves in that situation yesterday when we we do have a show planned, but we want to save it for one more week, so we're going to be doing that next week, um, and then we just had no show Well, going in coming into today. That's okay. Uh, if my upbringing on Mystery Science Theater has taught me nothing, it's that improvisation and spontaneous riffing is often the best strategy. All so, right. yeah. think on your feet and good things will happen. Yep. But unless you're, you know, president, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, not so much with him. Okay. Opening statement, sir. How was your week? <sighs> Uneventful, yet eventful in the wrong ways. So... That doesn't sound good. It wasn't. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's been average What's at wrong? best. Nothing's fail. Well, I don't want to say wrong. Are you still employed? I am still employed. Is your wife still alive? Yes. All dogs still alive? Yes. Uh, well, you know. I mean, yeah, it's all good. But, you know, we could do better than that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying establishing a baseline of sure. not bad things. That have no, happened. nothing to that effect. But, I don't know. Just, uh, we didn't have game night. I was kind of not just feeling up. To That's it. All right. Need a little breather. Took Game a breather. night as fun as it is. Every once in a while, we just need to break. Just gotta, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, so, yeah. Need need a little breather. Took the breather. Good times. Saturday, um, we had uh, some friends over for dinner. Um, nice little evening there. I also managed to beat Steam World Dig Two for the Switch on Saturday as okay. well. Um, great game. That was Strongly, quick. it was. You know, I I put some time in. When I get into a game, I'll have some two-hour, three-hour sessions. Next thing you know, game's over. Yeah, Having said the, uh, that... The the people living in the charred ruins of the land of Hyrule might have a, a problem <laughs> with your claim to expediency, sir. Uh, I was ex- I was as, as expedient as one could be when you pour 240 hours into a game. All right. So, you know. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, World Dig 2 is great. I finished it with about 65% secret percentage, so there's a little replay value there. I might go back and try and find more stuff. Okay. Um, definitely a great game. I would recommend it to anybody. Uh, Sunday had uh, another uneventful day. I kind of chilled at home, put my yeah. feet up, 
and uh, had my dad over for dinner. My sister came too. That was nice. Um, but I also discovered on Sunday that my utility sink in my basement was backing up from mm. normal usage of water in the house. That's not good. Is it? Does your washing machine drain into that? It so? does, but that's not what was causing it to back up. Anything was causing it to back up. Mm. Like, oh, flush the toilet. Why is there water in my sink? Oh, take a shower. Why is the sink filling up? So, we've been on very limited sporadic water usage in the house since Saturday. Okay. Uh, so, had the plumber out today, um, and that's always a good time. Although, he's always out. It's outside. So, he comes over yeah. and finds the, the, the stack or whatever the hell it is i'm not a plumber i don't know the, i'm not mario i don't know these things i love mario did but i'm you not mario ask him to dress as mario when i did around. not i did not and mario as a plumber let me tell you that's a lie bold-faced lie <laughs> no plumber in their right mind is wearing white gloves that's on true. the job that's just not happening that's, that's, so that's true in any case uh maybe that's why nintendo disavowed that he's a plumber anymore he's no longer a plumber Quite possibly. allegedly but although sorry nintendo i'm not buying it he's a plumber for most if memory serves for most of the time he did not have the white gloves oh, i yeah, think he did. sunshine was the first game where he had the white gloves I-, I think you should leave this to me and trust me well you never trust me on anything i know more about than you do so why should i trust carl, you on this carl one? carl let's be fair right, i know go on i know with the rest i know more week. than you go on with the rest of your week Going to so yeah, show. they came over today and uh, snaked out my my lines. I have some serious root issues from my trees. You so, are root. Uh, I I am root. You are root. I am root. Uh, so now I'm on an annual schedule of snaking. So that's going to be a good time every September. Snake. Yeah. Snake. Kind of like that. Snake. Yeah. I missed Metal Gear Solid when it was good before it got really stupid and over the top and ridiculous remember that gonna remember playstation one gonna reserve comments in the interest of time please yeah. continue with your work. oh you you're a raiding guy huh good 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 big I, ups i never said that Woo! never said that i could follow this story it's good it's good i don't know what's happening but it's good right i just watched a four-hour cutscene and i played for 10 minutes it's awesome thanks for that Hideo good job buddy anyway I'm good that's it that's really all that's going on I'm just a little between that and my car having to go to Orchard Park and back yesterday for fixes and things I'm just a little worn out yeah plumbing issues and auto issues are not a good time so that's that here I am hi how you doing cool yeah no not really <laughs> supper two uh let's see Thursday night was X-Wing night. You don't say that with confidence, so I'm going to just let that lie. Friday night, we didn't have game night. <laughs> uh, Friday night, Julie and I watched uh, Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. Ah, yes. I keep forgetting to buy these things when they yep. get released. Um, still, really great move, still enjoyable. I still have all the same problems with it I had before. Mm. Flash Thompson's terrible. Mm. No spider sense. Why is Spider-Man driving a car? Um, because why not? Because he's Spider-Man, not Batman. Uh, Saturday was an X-Wing tournament. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, 
I got off the losing streak, yeah, per se. But and I was also within four or five ish between the two games. Uh, there were three games total because there wasn't a lot of people at the tournament. Uh, I lost two. I won one. I felt better about the two games I lost than I did the game I won. That's not weird. Because, well, let's see, let me put it this way. If I had lost the game that I won, I would have quit right then and there and sold all my ships and just given up. Wow. Because the gentleman I was playing was relatively, I don't know if he was new and just didn't, was just still like learning the, the game within the game whatnot, not, um, or if he's just been playing for a long time, it's just not his game per se. Trying to find a really nice way of saying he wasn't good okay. at the game. So you, you beat some little hanging fruit, in other words. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Well, you know. My, uh, I, I said to, to a friend of mine, sometimes in victory you gain nothing. Well, look at it this way. If, it's that's, if that's how it is, you should beat him. But that's exactly why I said if I hadn't beat him, I would have... That would have been that would have been it. Okay. Um, the two games I lost were against very high level skilled players. Mm. Um, one, on the uh, the third the regular Thursday nights I go to, the first game I lost was against probably the second best player there, extremely knowledgeable. Um, and he said like you did because he knows I've been kind of frustrated lately with the losing streak. I was like you did um, everything. You do, did extremely well in this. Oh, okay. Just came up short. I was within one hit of winning gotcha. that game, but the problem was um, he got behind my ship, and the particular ship I was flying is essentially a dump truck because it it does, if you get in front of it, you're going to be hurting. But if you get behind it, it's got no, it's got very limited maneuverability. So I just like couldn't get so back. He got you from behind, huh? Pretty much. Pretty yeah. Much. Yeah, he was he was gentle though. Um, <laughs> like an escort. Yeah. Then the second game I lost, there were just a couple missed opportunities, and whatnot. So I mean, it. I felt better coming out of the tournament than I did going into it. Okay. So I think we're. I think. I hope that you know the extended losing streak is over and we're on an upward swing. All right. Uh, Sunday, I. We met up with a friend of ours for like a fall festival thing in Elm Lawn Park. Now you're all fall, so yeah. I love fall. Good for you. Uh, we were there for maybe 20 minutes. It was Oh, what a festival. Yeah, it was not good. It was not what <laughs> That's a party. It was not what was advertised that. Then we then just for to kill time we ended up going to Whole Foods to check okay. it out. Okay. Okay. We uh we ate it there. So, how much is your new thing. mortgage? Your <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, we ate their cafe. The wife ordered chicken wings, and they do chicken wings interestingly. Okay, go on. Because you can order buffalo style chicken wings on the menu. It says like buffalo style, blue cheese, celery, yeah, chicken wings. What they don't tell you is that they like dice up the blue cheese and the celery and like toss it in with the wings when they're tossing it in the sauce. Okay, it's an interesting approach. It added an interesting flavor to the wings, but I would not want to do it on a regular basis. Okay. Well, I'm not a blue cheese guy, so I wouldn't yeah. have done that at all. So that was that. And then Sunday night we had 
dinner with some friends of ours. Uh, and that was fun. Um, Monday. Didn't really do anything Monday. That brings us here Tuesday. You know what else I did on Monday, just before I forget? I don't do? want to spoil it for you, but uh, we finished Ultima Lucha Trace. Ooh! Oh! <laughs> I can't wait for it to come to Netflix. It's everything. Ultima Lucha Trace was amazing. And the ending the- was amazing. Well, because you've kind of mentioned in passing a couple times before, is there going to be a Lucha Underground Season 4? Based on the way Season 3 ended, I really hope so, because there's a lot of dangling threads. <laughs> All right. And I mean, mega cliffhangers. Yeah. So that was our week, dear listeners. If you would like to tell us about your week's Send us some comments, questions, whatnot. You can do so at the following social media locations. You can find us on Twitter at Devil's Due Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com. Or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Due Podcast.com. That being said, Drew, mm-hmm. it's time for some cross examination. We have two emails this week. Uh, first off, Mr. J. Gelsimino. No uh, Alan Waiters uh, this week. Uh, Tango. Tango of <laughs> Tango and Cash. Uh, he starts out saying, forgive the use of my work email. Feels more professional this way. Jay, we love you, but we don't care. Just as long as you get us the email. Wait, forward that to HR. <laughs> <laughs> this is what this guy does with his time. Drew and Carl. Hi. If you could cast the Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage in any buddy cop movie, what oh. would it be? Tango and Cash. Warrior is 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 pure uh, cash. Macho being be he'd be a slightly edgier Tango, but still, given the dynamic between the two of them, Warrior is far more unhinged. So he would Kay. therefore have to be Cash. Okay, um, I'm going to go with Lethal Weapon. Okay. Because Ultimate Warrior, you got the crazy Mel Gibson yeah, yeah. type character. And sure, Macho Man doesn't line up with the Danny Glover character at all, but no. Lethal Weapon's my okay. favorite action series. So. We'll go with that. Yep. Drew, mm-hmm. what metal band would you give the Harlem Globetrotters slash Kiss treatment and put in a Scooby-Doo cartoon? This is a very good question. Hmm. Who would pair well with Scooby-Doo? They have to be self-aware, and they have to be willing to be ridiculous. Hmm. Sounds like a job for Guar to me. Yeah. No, because Guar's dead. I don't care if they're still around. Once Odor has died, they, sorry. Wrap it up, boys. Silly costumes are only going to get you so far. Um, Dragon Force? No. Oh, God. <laughs> no. I said self-aware, that's, not cheesy. That's Carl poking the bear, folks. Um... I am selfishly going to say, even though the band is not around, but uh, by extension, uh, Strappy Young Lad slash Devin Townsend Project would be perfect for Scooby-Doo, because Devin Townsend is a complete goofball, and he would buy in wholeheartedly and make it a lot of fun. No Metallica? Nah. It would be fun, but nah. Nah, they did the Simpsons appearance. That was enough. All right. I mean... Plus, that's time away that they they don't need to be taking away from doing Metallica things. Well, I don't want another eight-year gap between albums. So you just get the tour going, rock on, next album. Let's go. I, you're, right. you're in your 50s now, guys. 
time be short. So they, Let's get them in while we can. They do it. They you do know. occasionally do the uh, the paycheck gig. Hashtag Budweiser. <laughs> okay. Oop, phone closed. See what you get? See? <laughs> Carl, if the Fantastic Four is potentially coming back to Marvel, what is your cast roster? The catch, as always, is they need to be characters <laughs> from the Jaws franchise. Yeah, yeah, Jay, you're, you're, you're getting predictable, buddy. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to start youngest. We're going to go Johnny Storm. We're going boy. to go... <laughs> oh, which half of them? He can play two characters. <laughs> oh, poor Kittner boy. Uh, no, we're going to go with Michael Brody from Jaws 2. Cocky teenager willing to disobey authority to go out and get what he wants. Makes sense. Fern... Uh, uh, Visible woman. Where I mean, how do you not go, Ellen Brody? I'd, I'd say you probably have to go Jaws one, Ellen Brody. Okay, Mister um, Fantastic. I'm actually gonna go with Hooper. Yes, Richard Dreyfus from Jaws one. Yes, he's and the also kind of gives a toss back to the book where Hooper and Mrs. Brody actually got it on. Okay, what? Uh, yeah. In the, in the book, Hooper and Mrs. Brody had an affair. Wow. Yeah. Weird. Kind of makes you view that boyish Richard Dreyfus grin in a little different light, doesn't it? Slightly. <laughs> also, his patronizing tone to to uh, to to Roy Scheider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the thing. Wow. I we gotta go, Brody. We gotta go, Roy Scheider, Martin Brody, no. gruff New York police guy. It's my movie. I'm casting it. Quint though. all the way for thing. No, Quint's Doctor Doom. Jaws is Doctor Doom. No, 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 no. <laughs> you're, you're all over the map here. <laughs> Quint is Doctor Doom. I don't know about that. Farewell, and adieu to Fantastic Four, Invisible Lady. Okay, I'm not buying it, but all right. It's okay. I don't need you to buy it. It's my question. I'm answering. Well, good, 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 good job. I don't know where we'd fit the shark in. The you know what? Sharks Galactus. Oh. Yeah, eat stuff. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Who's, who, who's the surfer? Calvin Bouchard from Jaws Three. Louis Gossett Jr. <laughs> Come on, what else you got for me? I don't even know anymore. Alicia Masters, Leah Thompson from Jaws Three. Leah Thompson can be in any movie she wants, anytime. This is true. All right, uh, that was it for Jay. Jay, thank you very much. Next questions are from Mr. Emmanuel Marin, our friend in Staten Island. Dear Drew, t- I'm still t- waiting for your address, dude. T-shirt size is 3XL for I'm an apple size Oh, gentleman. I don't have 3Xs. Sorry, guy. I'll send him a pick. <laughs> I can do that. Okay. Dear Carl, I'm having a crap day. What are your top three venting movies? Ooh. Venting movies? Yeah, like movies you want to watch, movies you got to watch if you just want to blow off steam. Mm. That's tough. Um, thinking mindless action. So I'll say any of the expendable films, because they're all great. 
I don't know. I don't really have like venting mood. When I need to vent, blow off steam, I play video games. Okay. I, I go ten more participatory violence. You remember the game? This actually reminds me of something. You remember the game Force Awakens? Came out PlayStation. The first one came out on PlayStation 2, second one came out on PlayStation 3. You probably you, ignored you, it. You, you mean... Uh, Force Unleashed. That's the Force one. Unleashed, that's yeah. Force Unleashed, Awakens. Whoa. Um, so, I had that game. It was, I loved those games. They were a lot of fun, really great, told a good story. Uh, Julie could always tell when I had a bad day from work when I had those games, because I would, I would boot that game up and find some poor... Poor stormtrooper. Mm. I would grab him with the force, slam him off walls, throw him into a tie fighter, cause tie fighter to explode, grab him out of the air from that, throw my lightsaber through his chest, hit him with force lightning, slam him up and down on the ground a couple times. Now I'd see why none of your toys survived your childhood. Well, you know, <laughs> gotta be built to last. So yeah, I would say. Uh, as far as video games go, Street Fighter, any decent first-person shooter will do, stuff like that. Hmm. Finally, just for laughs, what are your thoughts on Samuel L. Jackson offering acting classes online? Which I guess apparently is a thing, because he sent us a link. <sighs> okay. You know how Sam's got that reputation for being like the hardest-working man in Hollywood? Because he, he takes like everything that comes across his desk, basically. Not really, but okay, I'll take He has a it. reputation okay, for yeah. he, he yeah. he's in everything and he he notoriously will take basically any gig. Credit card commercials. My question is I admire the I admire the work ethic. Yeah. And now he's doing this admire, online admire the hustle. I admire the hustle, but now I have the underlying questions. Why do you need to work so much? Are you in Nicolas Cage levels of really stupid and poor decision making debt? Are you, you know, do you have a loan shark after you? A loan shark did, caught him. Are you, uh, did you develop the, the cooker and hoke, the hooker and coke habit? <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> the cooker and hoke. That's right. That sounds like a 70s buddy cop movie. So he's got film. the hooker and coke addiction from the 20s series. and just never quite kicked it into his 60s now? Yeah, or maybe he just wants to work. Maybe, Again, he's, maybe I, he's one of those guys who just remember what it was like to not have work and wants to make sure that... I, I admire the hustle, but as a guy who works, yep. if I were in his position, I would be doing as little as possible. Yeah. All right, so that... Scrooge McDuckin every day. <laughs> you can't actually swim through coins, Drew. It's extremely unhygienic. What about bills? Still as unhygienic, but more feasible. I'm going to go with that then. Okay. Um, that brings our cross-examination to a close. Now we got to get into case files. going to be very brief case files this week. Only two items, really. Uh, starting with the one that's not pertinent to the show at all. I no? Kind of. But the Venom film has officially started production, Drew. It has. They're doing stuff. Yeah. Allegedly. Sony with Venom and... They they've started production. Oh man! Yeah, it's going to be a thing. Uh, I. Mm. But they can't say Spider Man in it. They can't talk about him. But they but it's Venom. But there's no Spider Man. You know that you know you know the the ASCII te- you know, the text 
throwing up your arms in confusion? That's yeah. that's me right now. Yeah, I, I just whatever. I, you know what? There are better train wrecks out there to watch. Hashtag Justice League. We don't know that yet. <laughs> True. Come on. We 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 don't know yet. So I was actually thinking about that today. Go on. We're weeks away. I still feel no hype for this movie at all. <laughs> what? Okay, interesting question. What is less hyped at this point? Go on. Justice League yeah. or Xbox One X? Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. Because, like I mentioned to you the other day during Sunday while I was watching football, I saw my first non-Taco Bell Xbox One X commercial. I've been seeing nothing it's but the Taco Bell one. It's coming out in two one. weeks. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I guess Xbox would win that fight because I mean Justice League is at least like trying to do stuff. Are they though? Kind kinda. I I guess. Yeah. Like I think I saw a commercial on football, but I might have. Yeah. I I don't know. I do you think maybe Warner Brothers doesn't want to dump high advertising dollars into this because they know it's Snyder's last gasp. In the their movie universe before, is it though? Yeah, it is. Is it though? Yeah. He's he's pretty much done after this. Okay, I'll believe that when I they they've given him so much rope. I feel like they'll just be like, yeah, come back do another one, <laughs> and he'll be like, okay, bro, 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 dude. I'll do another one. Okay, so yeah, that's that's Venom. That's and um, additionally, that's he's not really going to be a a a. a it's not going to be Tom Hardy. Well, it's going to be like he's going to Andy Serkis it. Yeah. It's be, well, what would you expect him to do with the visual of it? Just put him in a costume. Have him no, run around. Oh no, Venom's a CG character. I guess. If you want to do him right, if you want to portray him as he's portraying the comics, he's a CG character. Do you think Sony cares about keeping him accurate to the comics? I never made any claims to that. Well, I mean, we can't even mention Spider-Man. So what's what are we doing? Like, what's the point? Maybe it'll be a secret war that... <laughs> no. No. Mar- Marvel's not letting that one out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. So there's that. There's that. That's a this thing. week, That's... we got the finally, finally got the announcement of the Punisher premiere date, which will be November 17th. Yep. I will be away, sir. You are going to be away. You have a trip to the the Thailand. Yes, sir. Coming up. Yes, um, I'm going to be uh, taking on Sagat for control of Shadowloo. I, all right, listen, I love you. Yeah. I'm a fan of, of Drew. I would not advise you taking on Sagat. The way I look at it, he's already at a disadvantage being one-eyed and all. So if I can blind him somehow, I have a shot. Uh, how are you going to blind him? I'm done. Do you think he's going to let you set up a step ladder? I'm spry, dude. I could jump. We're talking like you would need Michael Jordan level hops. I got hops. to get up there. I'm a hoppy guy. Because he's like just under eight feet. Yeah, I, I'm not buying that in the real world. I saw the movie. He's not very big. Oh. <laughs> That's like that's like me saying I saw the G.I. Joe movie. It was an accurate representation. Snake Eyes has lips. I saw that. I saw that in the movie sometime. 
Uh, so yeah, yeah. you're going to Thailand. I am. It'll be We're, gone. We got to record a couple bank shows because we don't want you, the dear listener, going without the dulcet tones of our voice no, for you'll two still, weeks. You'll be getting content. It just won't be as current. Yes. Until I get back. Then, yes. then, then we're back. Hopefully nothing will happen geek-wise in those two weeks. We'll see. Um, so anyway, yeah, November 17th, Punisher. New trailer and all that. Um, I'm going to have a lot more to say about this as time goes on. Yeah, because the new trailer, we both had the same concerns over it. I have mounting concerns over this Punisher situation. Yeah. I'm starting to get really uncomfortable. So am I. I, I don't mean, know what they're... I, Maybe we should wait until the show gets closer, but I'm just, I'm not. What do you mean wait until the show? This is what we do. I guess. Our concerns are that they're trying to humanize him and make him sympathetic. They're trying to make him, from what I can gather from the show, they're trying to make him more sympathetic. They're trying to give you, they're trying to give him... Uh, they're, but they're tying into his origin and all the CIA conspiracy stuff, and they're like they're it, it's they're making him they're making his mission a little more justifiable. But how, how's that? Yeah, they're trying to make what he's doing more justifiable. Yeah, which in turn is a reason to make him sympathetic. It, it makes us want to see him do what he does. It's not what the Punisher's supposed to be. The the thing that really killed me is the line, they killed my family to get to me. Right. Because it's what you see in the Punisher and uh, at least the Thomas Jane movie and also with a lot of the more recent Batman stuff that's dealt with his origin, they're taking away the random act. I, and I aspect hate that. Of it. I loathe that. And they're missing the point that the random act is what helps define it. Right. Like right. this thing happened that neither one of these characters could do anything about in the moment. It's also known as Star Wars syndrome. We have this big, vast, epic story, and everything is all tied together in a little. You could, you could just put it in your in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's all this. Everything that could ever happen is right here. See, look, look, look at that. Look at all these things that are all all linked together. Even though they had no connection before, we were gonna make it all sync up real nice and just put it in your pocket. Yeah, um, I still have confidence that it will ultimately be good. I hope so. Bernthal's great. Um, I think Bernthal's gonna... the definitive Punisher. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna do a great job. I know that. Yeah. But again, I don't want them making him sympathetic, and I don't think that they should be. Tying his origin into all this business, and I'm a little concerned. I think what I'm, what I'm worried about is, like, they're just going to take the teeth off of him to a degree. Like, oh, yeah, he'll go out and kill people and whatnot. But, but again, you can't make him into a, a, I'm air quoting, a hero. Yeah. He's not a hero. He's a monster. He's not even an anti-hero. No. He's, just, he's, a, he's, he's, a, a, he's a serial killer. He's an unstoppable. He just happens to prey on other bad people worse than him. Yeah, he's an unstoppable That's it. force of nature that... Just either get on board or get out of the way. Right. And it should be, if nothing else, it should be a somewhat satisfying to the viewer in terms of seeing really horrible things happen to horrible people that deserve it. But it's a cautionary tale at best. Yeah. The Punisher is not a broad appeal character. No. No. He, again, like you said, he's a force of nature. You can't put it, honestly, I, I really, he's a difficult character to kind of give a show, and this was my concern when they announced it, even though I want more of Burnthal as the Punisher. Yeah. 
it's hard to anchor a show to a character who honestly he's not going to have an arc. He does, the Punisher has no arc. He's fully formed. This is what he does. He know, he knows he's good at it. He wants to do it. He sees no other way but to do what he does. Yeah. That's it. And anyone that comes in contact with him, it's not good for them. Yeah. Even good people with good intentions meeting encountering him is bad. And but he accepts that and that's his world. And that's it. That's his he has no arc. Anything that he does is just part of his mission, and that's all. Yep. So I have a hard time with people who like I love like like okay. I love the Punisher stuff. Yeah. Right? But I wouldn't sit there and say that he's someone that I like aspire to be or admire. But I I mean I I love the stories and I love Yeah. I, but I'm, when I see people with like, for instance, eighty percent of pickup trucks, pickup trucks with Punisher skulls on them, and I'll go the step further because I've seen, I have seen this, and it was thankfully met with uh, public outcry. Police with Punisher skulls on their cars saw a car in the parking lot yesterday, the other day. Punisher skull uh, sticker on the window with a blue stripe on it. Um, it, no, that doesn't. Someone's work on missing any the level. message here, man. That's like a criminal dressing up as Batman. It's yeah, like hey, you know this this guy who kills people. He represents us. I feel it. And and Law and Order. What what what? You know who else wore skulls on their uniforms, guys? The Nazis did. And last I checked, we we ain't we're not no. Despite the news, yeah, <laughs> no, we ain't down with that. So. Yeah. Let's just pump the brakes on all this Punisher sympathetic, you know, stuff. Darn. I, I like Punisher. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, November 17th. Let's hope it's not all these things I fear it will be. Yep. But so we'll see. When do you leave on your trip again? The 12th? 11th or 12th? The day, oh, after, so- the day after Doom comes out for Switch. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be in town for Justice League. So maybe we, me, you, and Alan can all go to the theater and take what it in together. What day is Justice League? I think it's 7th. I mean, we could. I don't know if I will. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. I know Thor is the first Friday, and then Justice League is the next Oh, I know Friday. when Thor is. Oh, we're going to we're Thor. We're going to Thor. We're, we're going to Thor. It's going to make all the money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it will. Okay. That brings the case files to a close. Drew, yeah. we are less than a week from my favorite holiday of the year, Halloween. This is Halloween. There you yeah. go. That's all I know. Just that. Have you ever said <laughs> Just that part. Okay. So, we felt, since we didn't really do much around the holiday this year, we felt that uh, we should do... Not just one, but I guess you could argue, argue next week's episode is pseudo Halloween themed. Um, in the movie, yeah, it is. Yeah, next week we're going to do a retrospective on The Crow, both the film and the graphic novel. Yes, sir. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We hope you join us all next week. This week, however, we have two guests on the show. Two now, two. Now, these gentlemen, I've known both for some time, one considerably longer than the other, but I was thinking it'd be great to have a discussion on horror films. That being said, though, I have no claim to any type of excessive knowledge of horror films, past or present, as much as 
you know, you and I have spoken, Drew, you enjoy horror films, but you don't necessarily claim to be an expert. By no means, no. So I felt we should bring in, in my opinion, two experts on horror films. Now, because horror is so big, we have an expert on horror from the past, from the very beginnings of horror, I would say up until about modern horror started in the 70s, give or take. So our past horror expert is uh, Mr. Nate Lockhart, host of the Geekiverse podcast, The Memory Machine, that we've mentioned here on the show a couple Cheap times. Plug. Cheap plug. Cheap plug. Um, so you can check him out on that. Nate, welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> Here, I was holding my breath that whole time. That's impressive. Uh, yeah. Um, but, hi, yes. I um, I host The Memory Machine. It's a podcast on the Geekiverse Network. Uh, check about old stuff, because that's what I know. You do old know things. anything that happened before your lifetime, you are versed in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I was joking. I knew about. a lot of uh, Disney dates when I was, like, seven. I had a book on <laughs> Disney history, and I memorized a lot of the dates for release for releases of different shorts and things like that and um you found a woman to marry you. i know right stagger you know i'll tell you though having that having this podcast this memory machine podcast has been really good for our marriage because i no longer have to like it's a great outlet for all this knowledge stored up in my brain so i don't have to spit it out at her all the time and have her listen to it. <laughs> just, just, you know, she'll like say, like, get, why do I know what the Vectrex is? It's because you talk about it all the time. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, well, you know. So, Nate, being our classic horror expert, we also have a modern horror expert. Now, this gentleman I met many, many moons ago when I was uh, uh, working at a small, small rental chain that some of you youngins may have heard about called Blockbuster. The young ones don't know what that is. Come on. Wow, what a difference. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Look wow. up in your history book. Show us your cards, America. <clears throat> Mr. Jim Martin I met while I was working at Blockbuster. and We immediately hit it off and struck up a friendship that I'm very happy to say is endured to this day. Jim, I am willing to say, is an expert in modern horror. Now, the man has... No doctorate in this subject, as far as I know. If I could find one, that'd be fantastic. He he doesn't have his own podcast, per se, but a wise man once said, game recognizes game. (laughs) And when it it comes to modern horror, anything 1970s and forward, Jim is well-versed in it. Um, The man can safely say that Robert England knows him by name. (laughs) Yeah, that's what stalker behavior gets you. (laughs) (laughs) So he has to know it. It's on the restraining order. Yeah. <laughs> he spelled it right, so I guess that's important. So, I guess the most important place would be to start at the beginning for each of us. Is that where did we first encounter? Like, what was your first horror movie? Hmm. Who are you asking? Just whoever wants to fire out first. Okay. I'll default to the guests here. I'm I'll default to the guy sitting next to me. Sure. Um, yeah, I 100% know mine. Um, it, it's it's actually one of my uh, favorite stories to tell. It's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Um, a lot of people... Part 2? St- yeah, right. Uh, yeah. A lot of people start with, you know, the first yeah. of a series, yeah. right? 
And I grew up in um, an area around a lot of older kids, and they were all talking about Freddy Krueger, right? Mm. So we're we're talking like this is I'm five years old, so we're like 1987. So this is like right when Freddy started because the first one came out in '84. So you know, home video being what it was, Freddy just started hitting the shelves with the two movies, and I being an annoying five-year-old, just begged my mother, please let me see this. You know, I want to know what all these kids are talking about. And she thought, all right, well, this is just going to be a punishment. I'm going to shut them up. And you guys remember those old wood box covered TVs? Oh, yeah. Oh, those that, are great. You couldn't put them on anything except yeah. the floor. Console television. <laughs> right. <laughs> so these are gorgeous. This yeah. is my living room, you know, big block glass window in the one side television there like mm. i can still picture everything in my head mm. and she turned off every light in the house sat me down in front of the television and was like all right you're watching this you're watching it by yourself i don't <laughs> wow. want to hear right i was like yeah. i don't want to hear anything i don't care if you cry i don't care if you scream you're staying until it's done i'm out and just went upstairs and i mean I, I remember everything. I mean, the soundtrack was amazing. Like, the, the the whale sounds that they used for, like, the background noise. And just, like, Freddy was absolutely terrifying. One of the last times, honestly, in the series that he was really pitch-perfect scary. Like, right around 3 is where they started to let his humor come out a bit. Um, Welcome to prime time. Right, yeah. right. That He started yeah. getting, like, a little, you know, yeah. with the, the catchphrases. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it was a... You know, Mark Patton, who played the the hero character, you know, I didn't know it when I was five, but a male as the final girl character. <laughs> you know, you're not used to that. But here I am as a, a little boy. I'm like, oh, it, it's a guy. Oh, oh, he's being chased by that burned face man. I, I'm, I'm not liking this at all. I'm terrified. <laughs> and um, I remember just, you know, crying and being terrified and but one of the clearest memories of it was when it was over. I remember crawling over, hitting stop, hitting rewind, <laughs> and watching it again, like immediately again. Yeah. And uh, from then on, I was hooked. Like that punishment backfired like nothing else yeah. for that poor woman. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> yeah. thousands upon thousands of dollars later, memorabilia, tattoos, house, you know, it was just decked out. And uh, yeah, it, Nightmare on Elm Street's been my favorite series, with uh, Part Two always being the one that started it all. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I I just was thinking that's interesting because I don't. I mean, I've never seen any of those movies. Really, they're, they're a little past my threshold of what I can <laughs> handle. But I still am really interested hearing about them for mm. some reason. Even though I know I'll never watch them, I like hearing people talk about them. Oh, yeah. And I've heard I've heard a lot said about Part 2. There's, really? there's a lot to dissect, apparently, about that movie. Yeah. Um, that's fascinating. There's, uh, there's a very interesting documentary that's going to be coming out that, I, luckily, I mean, to, yeah. to, to show you how like life yeah. just works full circle, um, I became very good friends with Mark Patton over the really? years. Really? Yes. Cool. And he invited uh, my family and I down. To Florida huh. to help film this documentary, and um, we're just waiting on the release date. But it goes very big into what people say and yeah. think and feel about yeah. specifically part two. Yeah, and uh, should be coming out. Uh, it's called Scream Queen: My Nightmare on Elm Street, and I cannot yeah. wait. To see it. 
Yeah, I I really want to watch that too. That sounds fascinating. That should be okay with your yeah, with your sensibilities. It has a docu- <laughs> it has, it has a documentary. It has a documentary veneer. Yeah, there might be like it's a boo, but you're like, oh, facts. Okay, yeah, right, right now, <laughs> yes, these are facts. These are things that really happened on a set with makeup. Um, now, my um, sorry, I mean to divulge, but I just I haven't met this man before, so it's nice to get to talk to somebody <laughs> who's into this kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, my uh, beginnings with horror probably. As far as I can remember, if you don't count King Kong as horror, kind of. Oh, I would. Yeah, I would. Kind of. I mean, a lot of people die, but um, it's a creature feature. Yeah, yeah. Creature, there you go. It's a good term. Um, but uh, I think it probably begins with the original Frankenstein. I saw when I was five years old. Um, the Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff Frankenstein. Yeah. Must be something about five. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. But that. Uh, that, that movie really got into my psyche in a way like that movie never scared me it never did when i was five i wasn't scared of it if anything i only ever felt bad for the monster and i guess looking back on it although i did obviously didn't realize it at the time i identified with the monster because i didn't have a lot of friends my own age um through girls in the rivers <laughs> yeah right through girls in the rivers uh no um i didn't really i was kind of tall and clumsy for my age and you know i wasn't any good at any any athletic anything you'll grow um, on that one day no never will. <laughs> never will no and you know i had a hard time just communicating with people i really did i mean i could talk but you know the first thing out of my mouth would be did you know that steamboat willie was released in 1928 and like they're like <laughs> who are you um but um yeah so i constantly returned to that one after that i watched bride of frankenstein and invisible man and um and a lot of that kind of kind of stuff you know and king kong you know again we want to call that that was also pretty big i just loved the stop motion stop motion fascinated me and uh between those two and also has dinosaurs in it it doesn't love dinosaurs um and between those two movies like those two movies i still watch every year at least once a year. Um, I was fortunate enough to see an original 35 millimeter print of King Kong. Ooh. Uh, a little while, uh, at the Dryden Theater in Rochester, New York, as uh, one of the largest film vaults in the nation. So they have this big library they can pull out from. So I've seen a lot of cool movies that way. Nice. But yeah. Drew, first experience with horror films? I was probably about five as well. And I, I'm trying to think, if I think really hard... It would have to be the first, like, the first movie that scared me would have been Predator, which is not a horror movie exactly, but it, does, but it does have a monster. Three movies in one. Yeah, that's horror action mm-hmm. right there. So, it starts out, it's an 80s action yeah. film. Right. I still haven't seen that, that movie, it, but I got it on Laserdisc, and I can't wait to pop it, it in. Becomes, <laughs> you need to. It's yeah. amazing. It's then it becomes survival horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it becomes man versus monster horror. Sure. Yeah. That movie scared me as a kid. The, the the predator freaked me out. Not yeah. and not even so much when he took his mask off. Just the invisible thing running around like gutting people freaked me out. Yeah. For because of that movie, I would. You know, did you ever take the covers when you're a kid and you put them under your feet? And you have to make sure you're tucked in. <laughs> yeah. You're tucked in. Yes. Yep. That movie was the reason why I did that, yeah. and I probably still do to this day, actually, <laughs> because of Predator. Uh, but the first like horror, when you think of uh, the slasher genre or whatever, like you know that kind of stuff, um, probably would have been Nightmare on Elm Street Part 
three, and I only know I only say that one. That's the one where they fight a skeleton at the end. Yeah, Dream okay, Warriors. Dream Warriors. Yeah. And then the the reason why I was so scared by it is the the part in it when Freddy rips the dude's veins out and, and controls ah, him like yeah. a puppet. Philip, yeah. yeah. that oh, weirded me out Love. so bad yeah. as a kid. And the other one, Did the Dawkins um, song scare you? The what? Like the Dawkins song. Dream, Dawkins, the dream Dawkins, yeah, that would scare anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other one that I remember, and I'd like, I don't, I couldn't even tell you a specific scene, or I don't, I, I just remember seeing this one particular thing in it, and it freaked me out for in a big bad way. Hellraiser. Uh. At like five, I saw like Hellraiser. Oh, that's, that's young for so, that movie, man. <laughs> all I, I don't think I saw the whole thing, but I did remember seeing the the puzzle box, and then chains come out of it yeah. and hook into people, and I'm like, I'm gonna have nightmares for life, and I think I still do actually. <laughs> that's that was my first experience with horror at a young age. So many people are surprised when I tell them that Hellraiser was a book before it was a movie. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, see, right. Clive Barker's The Hellbound Heart. And huh. then he's like, oh, they want to make it into a movie, and then they let him right. do it. And uh, you know, people will talk about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a great book. And they're like, oh, no, 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 I'm talking about the movie. I'm like, yeah, I got that. It, it's also <laughs> a book. You should read it. And they're like, oh, I don't want to read it. And I'm like, do you realize that some of your favorite movies are probably based off of books? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Carl talking earlier about Jaws. Yeah. I read that, and like your reaction to like Hooper and... Uh, Ellen Brody right. in the affair. Yeah. Like I was in my late twenties when I read Jaws, and I was like, "My childhood is ruined." And, <laughs> and, and it's like I, I beg people, anybody who listens, just pick up these books if you can. Read them; it will give you a new appreciation for these films. How about you, man? I actually have an introduction to classic horror and an introduction to modern horror. My introduction to classic horror was uh, through my father. Because we had, like, back in the day, I can't remember if it was, like, the movie channel or Showtime or something like that, would do the weekend before Halloween, they would just do a constant running marathon of classic horror movies. All, like, black and white stuff, you know, Universal Monsters Library and whatnot, and I would just sit in that and just digest all of it. I loved the classic horror films, just watching them. Um, my favorites were Creature from Black Lagoon. I liked him too. Fantastic. Wolfman yeah. and Invisible Man were kind of like my top, yeah. my top three of the classic ones. My introduction to modern horror was actually the same as you, as Nightmare on Elm Street three, and it terrified me. <laughs> it, like, it just ruined me for sleeping for a good long time until number four came out in theaters. Dream Master. Four or five. Dream child. Well, because <laughs> theaters, I'm trying to gauge the age. Well, no, I theater. can I can give you a scene and you'll be able to tell me which one. But like yes, I, I was, <laughs> I, I was so determined to overcome this fear because all my friends were watching these movies and I didn't want to be the the, the wimp. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was never afraid to be the wimp. <laughs> never afraid. I was like, nope, fine, go watch. I don't care. I'm out. I accept See my ya. lot in life. Yeah. <laughs> so my. I asked my grandfather, to, there was a new one in theaters. It was the one where it was Alice. Okay, well, I that think. could be four or five, so you're on the right track. And there was the one where they kept replaying the same scene. Freddie had him running in a circle. Yeah, that would be uh, Dream Master with uh, Alice and Dan, the lovely Lisa Wilcox, and okay. uh, Danny Hassel. 
So that was number four. And I remember that scene pissed my grandfather off because he thought there was something wrong with the, the film. Because they literally just replay the same scene like five or six times yeah. before they stop and go, oh, he's, it's Freddy. He's doing it. He's got us running yeah, it's circles. Yeah, variations on the scene. Um, and that kind of got me to overcome my fear of quote-unquote modern horror. And then just like it seemed in the in the video store generation that like I didn't experience this so much with the classic horror, but with the modern horror, it was much more mass consumption. Like, as soon as you saw one, your group of friends were like, okay, we need to get this, 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 and this. And just, like, there was a sleepover, and we do, like, three or four of them, and then move on to the next series and whatnot. We were that way with Godzilla. Yeah. 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 I noticed with classic horror, I was kind of in a boat by myself. Yeah. So I don't know if that was kind of like a lot of your experience. Uh, that's a lot of my experience up. with everything I liked when I was growing up. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, I mean, my brother would, and we and we made our friends watch Godzilla movies with us. So more so that, but uh, if it was black and white, I couldn't I couldn't coax any of my friends to to watch it with me. Yeah, I mean, when you're you know? younger, you just black and white just seems old and hokey and not something that I you want to no no yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's bad i'm just like your yeah. your most kids perception yeah, of it is that true. it's old therefore it's no good yeah i never it's really true. cared about the classic stuff i mean i knew it existed but i think my first exposure to like frankenstein was like son of frankenstein <laughs> that movie's great it is great. Son of frankenstein. But, it's, but it's not a horror movie you know oh, it's, yeah it's it's it amazing. scared my wife to death when we, when I watched let's, it with her three years ago. Let, let's talk about <laughs> Kate for a brief second. I love Kate to death. I still yeah. think she hates me, but I love her. <laughs> she doesn't. She is the most fearful woman, fearful person I've ever met. <laughs> like when it comes she to is. Yeah, she is Scooby Doo in that anything scares her. Yeah. It's it's baffling. Like she was terrified of Big Trouble in Little China when I showed it yeah. to you guys. Well, when the big hairy hand comes out and grabs uh, what's her face there, yeah, uh, I kind of knew that was coming. Yeah, I, knew I was going to get her. That, but... that was too much for her. She yeah, but like just that. seeing the monster freaked her out. And that's not like a really yeah. scary monster. Yeah, it's just going to be like really. I'm like, dude, yeah, she's yeah, like, no, she like that. I'm enjoying it because I can yeah. picture it. Cause... Yeah, I mean that that's the beauty though of of the horror genre. It can show up in any movie mm-hmm. in any way like, I, I always said whenever anybody told me that they didn't like horror movies like yeah you do you just don't know it because it's the mm-hmm. one genre that literally has every single thing in it it has your comedy it has your drama it has your action it has everything in it and you can pick out movies uh, you guys were talking about venom earlier few clever tweaks venom's yeah. a horror movie that, that's yeah, punisher of, few yeah. clever tweaks Punisher's a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not... It should be. It yeah. really should be, honestly. Uh, I well, mean, it's you're not... Talking about, they were talking about Venom, and I was thinking, man, that would make a great, like, B-horror movie. Right. B-horror monster movie. I would watch that in a heartbeat. I mean, I know you guys are bigger Spider-Man fans than I am, but I just... I, my only memories of Venom is, like, the cartoon and stuff, so... A lot of the, the horror and fans... Dreams. A lot of the horror fans that I interact with are giant comic book fans, because yeah. the two genres are intertwine man. sure they, they yeah. are just they're complete fantasy with good versus evil sometimes evil wins sometimes good wins but at the end of the day it's all about the journey through it and it just it mixes so many genres into it. Well, for, um, for the longest time 
one of the easiest resources kids had to accessing the genre was comic books. Yeah. You know, Tales from the Crypt. Uh, comics are so any good. any number. Nate, what was the company that produced the? That was EC, EC. Comics. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of other companies jumped on too. You know, yeah, EC like, was far from the only. Marvel one. had Tomb of Dracula and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah Tomb of Dracula. Or even then, by even night. then, uh, like, what's the one that Thor debuted in? Tales, Tales of Suspense. Uh, uh, Tales Journey Tales. History. Yeah. Journey yeah. Mystery. Th- th- those were horror That's comics great. in the early 50s. Yeah. Before they became vehicles for more science fiction-y type stuff. Yeah. Well, then yeah. we had the the book, The Seduction of the Innocent. Ugh. And the horror stuff had to go away. Yeah. yeah. My favorite, one of my favorite covers of all time is that Tales from the Crypt comic with, with the dude holding the, the girl's head with the axe. Oh, that's... It's um, brutal. It's, yeah, that's... But it's um, such well, a well-rendered that? image. It's, what it's iconic. That? I think it's called... What is the name of that comic? Something something suspense. I don't remember, but that's the something something suspense. Yeah, I'm, 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 to I'm already on the edge of my seat. <laughs> so this actually, Wednesday, that kind of brings the the dismemberment makes me think of something. Yeah. So this is uh, a <laughs> yeah, shock. Really should shock suspense shock suspense stories. That was the name of it. Sorry. So go ahead. in the genre of like horror, I I feel like there is a sort of divide but in my head growing up they were the same thing and that's all like like one thing to find the other and that was all that's that was it so like is there a what is the difference and how do you see the difference between like a slasher movie and a horror Mm, movie that's a great question are they mutually exclusive or are they intertwined how does that because to me when I growing up, a horror movie meant there had to be a big bad slasher villain. Jason Voorhees in the eighties, man. Yeah, Jason yeah. Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Chucky, that was the Michael Myers. Style. Like yeah. that was a horror movie to me. And then you know, well, like, The Exorcist didn't really affect me in the same way, even though it's a it's a horror movie. But without the big bad, it just yeah. and without a, without a high body count and bloodshed. Growing up, I didn't necessarily see them that way so i'm wondering what you might think yeah, your opinion first. yeah well i i mean in, in my mind slasher is just one of the many many subgenres of horror okay you know uh it is or just as much as anything else is but it's as a particular bent focused on a murder a murderer and the murders themselves in a certain way um but you know i mean there's tons of i mean there's the creature feature is another version of it there's sci-fi horror um, I guess the common thread is that people die, most of them, but <laughs> how it's presented is can be different. And I mean, there's haunted house horrors, mystery horror. Jeez, I just watched um, The Cat and the Canary the other day. Are you familiar with that one? I am. Yeah. And that one has like one death in it, but it's still horror. You know, a guy wears a creepy mask and he's trying to claim an inheritance, yep. uh, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's to me slasher just one of the many subgenres. I think um, I think that divide really did start where you were mentioning in the like late seventies, eighties with Michael Myers and Freddie and Jason and all them coming through. And I think the huge reason for that was popularity and money. You know, like, yeah. these guys made bank sure. for their studios. They and, had characters too, right? I mean, you know, like because you had like a Black Christmas that came before it, but well, who remembers Billy? Yeah, yeah you know, nobody, nobody, nobody remembers you know, him. Nobody counts yeah. him as you know yeah. one of the great slashers of our time. Yeah, and like like Leatherface, to be fair, like that was early seventies. Sure, yeah, yeah. But no one really ever considered him the slasher Mm-mm. because it was a different kind of movie. I mean, 
Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of the few movies that still, for me, is like, I feel like I'm watching something wrong. Like, I, I mm. love the movie because of just the way it was made and just the fact that it was basically a, a bunch of, like, students, like, college-age people being like, yeah, we can do this. Let's give this a shot. And they made this just iconic thing. I mean, this is in, you know, a national library. This film is in the <laughs> national right. library. And, um, you know, rest in peace for Toby Hooper for being able to pull this thing off. But, uh, you know, it, it's just an amazing accomplishment. But these things, uh, these divides come up. And I remember actually having a conversation with Carl while we worked at, uh, <laughs> rest in peace again, Blockbuster. Um, <laughs> really, though? About when, <laughs> when something becomes popular in the genre, watch for the imitators. Oh, yeah. Of and, that, uh, that goes for anything. And that's yeah. when the subgenre starts, though. Yeah. Like, uh... Japanese horror. All of a sudden, they were everywhere. Yeah. And then it was zombies and you know remakes and vampires. And you can just go, go, mm. go, go, go. And if, if you really wanted to just make a list, you could make all these subgenres. But it was just like he said a moment ago. It all just comes down to the same thing. Are you scared? Are people dying? Are, yeah. are How do you feel about it? And some of the best horror movies, really, they don't have the highest body count. You mentioned Exorcist. Right. That is one of the few movies that gets me. That I could be three o'clock in the afternoon watching it in my house, all the lights on, sun coming through the windows, and I'm still like, I'm not going to get a glass of water. You go get the glass of water. I'm not getting up. <laughs> and I've seen that movie hundreds of times, yeah. but it just it hits something in me. Yeah. But you know, I can name the deaths or like count the deaths on one hand, and they're not you know slashed. They're not stabbed. They're not butchered. It's all just like most of them happen off screen. I mean, the one guy you, you hear he jumped out of the window, and the the Father Marin, you find him on the floor. It's yeah. just it's what's up here in your head yep. that really starts to get to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, uh, going back to Frankenstein, uh, when they re-released that in the theaters in the late '30s, uh, the scene with the little girl where he tosses he unknowingly drowns her. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they cut out that part. And really? They just yeah, because it's too scary. So <laughs> How yeah, quaint. Well, yeah. So so now, but now what happens is you don't see what the monster does at all. You just see the dead girl, right? Who knows what he did to her? Right. Uh, well, you know, yeah. I see. So so, I, so in that the blanks. Like, it makes it worse. Yeah. yeah. Than if they had just left that scene in. I mean, thirty censorship is dumb anyway. Sure. Uh, you know the Hays Code and all that, but um, but yeah. Well, you can even uh, going off of that same you think is even more scary. So many people call Texas Chainsaw one of the goriest movies ever made. Watch it. Yeah. I, I watched it. Find the blood. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you really don't gory. see a lot of it. It's intense, but yeah. it's not really bloody. It, right. It's just, you, it just but sets it you at like this it. feel of unease right. throughout that you're like, Oh, these people are being butchered. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't see it. Yeah. Okay. You see the girl hanging, you see her writhing in pain, but you don't see blood. You just yeah. see pain. And that to me, 10 times. It's the same thing with uh, Psycho is like that. In the, right. In the, shower, in, the, in the infamous shower scene, I think someone counted, you know, went through the, the film strip mm-hmm. and counted three frames where you see the knife penetrating skin. But the knife only penetrates maybe, I don't know, a quarter of an it's, inch. Yeah, paper cuts. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. Mate, they can't but, see what you do. Right, right, right. right yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but that's enough to create the impression that you just witnessed yeah. a, a bloodbath. Right. 
you know. And the sound uh, the effect oh, yeah, that, right. of the knife penetrating skin is always what gets <laughs> yeah. me in that scene as well. Yeah. Horror would be nothing without sound and music. Yep. Nothing. Yep. That's why silent movie musicians were very important. <laughs> <laughs> so, as far as like, especially with classic horror, because we yeah. have these characters that are, believe all of them are public domain. In one yeah. form or another, Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman. Like, there's certain versions of them that Universal holds. Yeah, like, like I think the. Yeah, the it's like anybody can make a Beauty and the Beast movie, but if you yeah. make a Beauty and the Beast movie right. with the the Beauty in a yellow dress, and yeah. you know Disney's gonna come and knock. <laughs> Universal's yeah. Universal's Frankenstein design will go into public domain in 2026, uh, barring Disney. i don't think so (laughs) nothing will ever belong to the public again yeah and obviously the 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 classic the original classics hold a special place in your heart nate but i'm interested of what your thoughts on like we've had so many reinterpretations of these characters over the year Uh what are some of the ones that would fall still into kind of that classic time frame you feel were good I mean, I know the the originals like, for you, you can't be surpassed, but like who kind of? Well, it's not they can't be surpassed. It's just what I like best. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. What, so then, like, what what reinterpretations of those classic characters do you find you enjoy the most? Um, Young Frankenstein was very funny. <laughs> um, I liked that. Have you seen the? I guess I should ask the. Uh, yeah. You know, you're talking about reinterpretations of classics. Have you seen the Hammer versions? Of- oh, I love those oh, movies. Those I haven't seen I them, love but I'm, them. I'm curious about Oh, my them gosh, man. Talk cast. about another movie that scared my wife half to death. Uh, Curse of Frankenstein with Christopher Lee as the monster. Christopher Lee when, was a when, she, when When his face was unwrapped and you saw the Frankenstein face, my wife was like, No! No! Turn it <laughs> off! She was so freaked out. I want I, to meet I, your I, wife. And she, she, was so, she was so mad at me. She's like... You know me better than that. You know I can. Like, I'm sorry. It's it's Hammer. It's not that bad. I, so but, you're saying I should watch these movies? Yeah. Oh, they're fun. Oh, they're Hammer, so Hammer much films fun. Are, uh, they're I, a blast. I awesome. really recommend. I mean, some of the sequels can kind of run together after a while, but man, Horror of Dracula is so good. Yeah. I love that movie. I love the way Christopher Lee plays Dracula. It's not at all Bela Lugosi. You know, Bela Lugosi's got the very lugubrious the sound See, thing as, yeah. as, a, and, uh, yeah. as a kid uh, yeah. as a kid of the 80s i yeah. think i grew up more with the pop cultural uh parody of all those monsters yeah. than the actual monsters oh so the for whole, sure the bella lugosi impressions and the yeah, frankenstein right. being rah, fire bad and yeah all right yeah, like, which only did in the one that's movie, all but, i know yeah but uh yeah christopher lee is just more of an, uh, an astute englishman ah. i will tell you you may have the house for the evening I will provide you with food and wine. You know, it's it's and uh, um, Peter Cushing is great uh, as Van Helsing. And those, it's funny because like those seventies or sixties, fifties. Well, they start in the fifties. They go into the seventies. Wow! Yeah. And, and you can feel the generation. Yeah. Yes, as it you goes. can. It, you, you can feel the so generation great. and them failing to keep yes. up with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny it, because it, it, if you like like pop culture history the way i do like those failings to me are as interesting as the good stuff yeah in my mind it's funny because like though it was that generation of horror that went on to inspire games like castlevania Mm -hmm. it wasn't the bell lugosi dracula but like the hammer films and you know in fact in the uh credits of the first game they're all like terrible puns of people who uh worked 
main i mean they have the universal names in there but they'll say like you know game designed by christopher b and, <laughs> and things like that and uh glenn, there might have been a christopher yeah, b <laughs> yeah but but you, you can tell that that's what they're going for yeah you know but like aside from the hammer like what because i know like there was a time with the universal monsters where the actors a lot of times kind of played each other's parts you had, oh, you mean like Bell Lugosi playing the monster, or Karloff, yeah. uh, Lon Chaney being Dracula, mm-hmm. or yeah, well, Alucard? Well, well, hey, don't yeah. be dissing Alucard. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's well. I mean, it, that name kind of originated with Son of Dracula, the movie oh, okay. Son of Dracula, and which which thankfully, like, because when I first, I rewatched Son of Dracula very recently, and um, the movie is more clever than it lets on, because at first you say like, my name is Count. Alucard, like he's thinking, like, oh my god, they're not do- they're doing this in earnest, and then, and then, but but then like they figure it out like ten minutes into the movie, like, oh okay, good, this is not going to be a try. They're not going to turn this into a big reveal. <laughs> but anyway, suffice to say. So now, yeah. classic horror uh-huh. had reinterpretations. We're now living in an age where modern horror is getting reinterpretations, uh-huh. and something Very- tells me. It's not going as well as the classic horror interpretations. Um, I mean, because we we've had new, we've had a new Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, let's not talk about that one right now. Mm. <laughs> we've, we've <laughs> had, we're we're in a happy new, place, girl. We've had new Friday Thirteenth, which I'll be honest, I liked. We and we had new Halloween. Yeah, and as news recently announced, we're having a continuation of that new Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, not. It's, it's exactly not, no. Yeah. It, it's not a continuation of the new Halloween. It's a continuation of the old Halloween. Yeah, it's like the Superman really? Returns of Halloween. Yeah, basically what what's going to be happening is um, Halloween two through How Dare You Buster Rhymes Resurrection um, <laughs> <laughs> are being like scrapped, like they never happened. Okay. Well, it takes and, place after two, right? Uh, from what I read, it takes place after one. I like, read after two because so it's there's still- so many conflicting stories out there that it's like. You know what? Friday night when it comes out, that's when I'll know for sure. All right, cool. Um, but I honestly, personally, hope it does take place right after two because for me, Halloween two is one of the best sequels to a mm. horror movie. Okay, like the hospital scenes. Like I, I just think it's amazing. Like, like for somebody who has a innate fear of hospitals, mm-hmm. seeing that movie, <laughs> I was like, oh no! <laughs> it's like. Where is everybody? There's six people in this entire building. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Um, but I, I honestly hope it takes place right after two. But either way, whether it's after one or two, because it's all the same night, um, it's supposed to be like, okay, here we go, and he's back. And that's all I really know about it. I just know that the whole thing of, um, you know, uh, Jamie, gone. Uh, the Thorn Curse, gone. The Man in Black, gone. Uh, you know, all that stuff just is not going to be part of it. And Carpenter's back, uh, producing credit, a uh, possible composer uh, again, which would be great, as long as they don't mess with the score too much. I'm a big believer, as I mentioned before, in music mm. score. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So if they were all of a sudden like, oh, that classic, do, 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 yeah, we don't need that. Let's make it poppy. I'll be like, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, uh, he can't it, do that. Jaws has the music. That's how I know the shark's coming. I know <laughs> yeah. Michael's coming by hearing those those tones on the piano. So let's. Yeah. I don't need the air guitar. <laughs> like, no. let's move this on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, modern horror is getting its resurgence. I- I'm of two minds of it because I, I do enjoy my classics. 
both classic classics and then my modern classics. Mm-hmm. But I also get it. Um, there's the monetary version, so I totally understand it. You know, studios want to make their money. But um, like I have kids, and they want to see these movies too, and mm-hmm. they're going to want their version of the character. Mm-hmm. And I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm a diehard Freddy Krueger fan, and the remake... It had every opportunity to be amazing. And you go into any forum, and you will have people defending or decrying that movie. I usually see the negative reaction to it. I haven't seen it. And I'll be fair. I think Jackie did a great job. He's a great actor. But he was given a bad role. They just didn't give him enough to do. Mm. They basically were like, everything that worked in the original, let's do that. Oh, oh, we need an original story too. Oh, I guess we forgot to do that part. Uh, you know, they they had a lot to work with the the whole waking dream thing. Great, but they didn't expand on it. Um, the CGI makeup, pointless. It takes away all the character of the face. You get no mm. silhouette shots. He looks like a burned cat. Mm. It's just like everything that you need to make a charismatic villain. They were just like, we're not going to do it. Um, I didn't care about the characters. So if you don't care about the characters. Then they're just cannon fodder. So I'm just waiting for the movie to end to see how they off this guy. Like, that's really all that's happening. Whereas with the classic Nightmare on Elm Street, Nancy is amazing. Like, here's this girl whose friends are just getting offed one at a time. She's finally like, oh, I'm done with this. I'm going to go after him. Whereas this one, she's just complaining the whole movie. And then it's like, oh, I'm very upset. I'm going to go ahead and chop your neck. It's like, oh, uh, Oh, oh, it's done? Oh, okay. Well, nine fifty, well spent. I, I, I guess I'm out of here. They, they, they could have done yeah. a lot with it. Whereas um, That's disappointing. I liked the Rob Zombie version of Halloween. Um, I did not like Halloween 2. Um, I liked Friday the 13th because it was what it was supposed to be. Kids dying at a right. camp. They, the, the whole point of the movie was yeah. we want to have 13 kills. It's a Friday the 13th movie. We want 13 people to die. They did it. It was enjoyable. It was fun. It's not Shakespeare. It's a guy in a hockey mask walking yeah. around yeah. and killing people. Yeah. And in a modern interpretation, that's not even an era-appropriate <laughs> hockey mask anymore. Yeah. Right? right? It's like, yeah. it's, why don't you have the back covering, Jason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Really, in fact, yeah. if you watch the movie, that could have helped him a little bit. Yeah. Um, now, I didn't see the Friday 13th remake. Mm-hmm. Was it Jason or was it true to the original first movie in that it was his mother? No, they they do something very smart. Um, <clears throat> in the very beginning, they, they kind of do like a prologue scene with the mother. Okay. And, almost like during the credits. Huh. And um, to kind of like get all the exposition out of the way. Like, oh, here's the entire original Friday the 13th in 20 nice summed up little seconds. Um, but, it, but it worked. You know, it was something to almost appease I guess yeah. any like newer fans to the to the series. So where does that series stand now? Are those are uh, they, they going to relaunch that too, or is that? I'm, uh, I'm bothered because <clears throat> excuse me, they were going to make another one, and then the Ring movie, the newest one. Okay, uh, Rings. I think it was called. Yeah, yeah bombs. So they stopped it. Right, what does one have to do with the other? Same studio. Uh, okay, well, money's mm. money. Yeah. So let's let's talk about a phenomena that has occurred in both classic and modern horror. When you start to experiencing diminishing returns, uh-huh. team ups. Team ups, man. Yeah. Team ups. House of Frankenstein. House of Dracula. 
Abbott and Costello. The funniest movie <laughs> Why not? ever I, made. I love that movie. Is Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. I, I wouldn't call it the funniest, but I love that movie. It's funny. I love that. Ever. I love that movie. But no, you had like Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Yeah, Frankenstein meets the like, Wolfman, where the monster is blind, but they never tell you that he's blind. Yeah. Uh, poor Bela Lugosi. He deserved, yeah, that's the one where Bela Lugosi played the monster uh, and Lon he was Chaney. supposed to talk. And they cut out his dialogue yeah. because it sounded too goofy coming out of the monster. Yeah, because um, it was like, you know, Frankenstein talking. Why does Frankenstein sound like Dracula? Yeah, right. Yeah, it really was. And I mean, and if you had watched the prior film, Ghost of Frankenstein, you would have known that Igor, played by Bela Lugosi, and the monster swapped brains. And that's why he sounds like that. But in a non Netflix, non TV world, right. who would remember after two years? Yeah. Um, Unless some theater just, you were just really, really lucky and your local theater showed it again recently. So um, was it just like with the classics, was it just a case of diminishing returns? Where oh, absolutely. Okay, we need absolutely. To throw, it was that. Mm-hmm. Give people more bang yeah, for their buck. Give people more bang for the buck. Uh, especially in the case of Universal, uh, their monster movies in, the, in the, the very early 30s were definitely more, or even in the 20s, were more prestige productions. Uh, very lavish sets were built for like um, uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame or yeah. Phantom of the Opera. Where Phantom of the Opera is set still standing. It's that it's that glorious. Um, but uh, when different when the Lemleys, Carl Lemley, lost control of the studio in the in the mid thirties, uh, the new people who bought it didn't even want to touch horror because they just thought, who would do this? Like this is grotesque. Nobody wants to see this. They want to see glorious pictures with beautiful people, and. Uh, so, but when they were, they did a re-release of Frankenstein and Dracula in the late '30s, reluctantly because they just needed money that bad, and it made a ton of money. And at that point, there's like very, they very reluctantly got back into horror. And just, Fine, if it makes money, just pump it out through our B picture division. So, so was that kind yeah. of the turning point when horror went from being very big budgeted to? It definitely made, that's where makers. I would say that's where it started to get the stigma. Um, I mean, there had been cheap horror for forever. Yeah, but but I think that like with the take with uh, sort of the rise of Poverty Row Studios, these much lesser things like Republic Republic Studios, PRC, Monogram, things like that that would produce just these no budget movies. Get Bela Lugosi for five hundred dollars and call it a day. You know, it started to take on this cheap feel and, you know, get even Boris Karloff at that point was like, well, I'm on, I'm going on to Broadway and I'm doing Wasnick and Old Lace. <laughs> I'm doing a terrible Boris Karloff, but you get the idea. Nobody would know. None yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a money thing. It's all money. So that's actually an interesting question I would bring up then about horror. Yeah. So it's largely seen as a cheap, quick genre uh-huh. going back historically but a lot of directors seem to get their start in the genre oh, and, and actors and, and actors stars, yeah. so i guess yeah. wh- why is that is it because it's it's low low entry point yep yeah so low that's entry why point. guys get in yep. guys girls every i mean jack nicholson uh, it, it's, 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 it's peter jackson movies? yeah exactly no, no, jackson um, i used to james gunn i used to have this yep. as a yeah. game when i was at Blockbuster. Yeah, I, I would you know, say name me a star, and I can probably tell you what horror movie they got their start in. Yep. And it would just be you know, 
fun to pass the time, like Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, Leprechaun. Leprechaun. Yeah. You know, it's like uh-huh. these people probably aren't exactly thrilled all the time. But like one of my favorite things is um, when I when I was a trainer at my, one of my last employers, uh, I used to say, you know, here's a couple of questions. If you can get them right, I'll give you like a special thing at the end. And I would always treat. Uh, yes, I would always ask, "What was Johnny Depp's first movie?" Now, Johnny Depp, you know, love him or hate him, one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Uh, absolutely, yeah. mm-hmm. his very first movie is Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, his claim to fame in that movie is being sucked into a bed and vomited up blood. Yeah, yeah. but he does not shy away from that. Like he was when yeah. he was on Inside the Actor Studio asked about it and he's smiling he's like oh yeah, yeah. I, I was eaten by a bed like, yeah, yeah. normal johnny <laughs> yeah. depp demeanor yeah. and Where, whereas more what well, i think before that it was much more a source of shame yeah than, um, than it is now i think people used to hide yeah. like from it be like oh no do not put that on my resume yeah. but i think now especially actors were punished by being put into horror yes. movies uh i can't remember her name but uh she was um she had a reputation around a lot and uh Sort of in a way to punish her, they said, "You have to be in this gorilla movie." <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> you know, and, and they've since kind yeah. of joked about that. You know, like, yeah, uh, like Big Bang Theory made a joke about it. Yeah, um, and there was another movie where they were like, "I'm gonna put you in this," and it was like, "No, not like." And they said the, the and her name escapes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's Beverly um, something. I don't know. But it's funny because One of those old lady names. Now horror, um, it, it's it's cyclical. You know, it it, it gets the respect. And then it isn't as popular, and then it gets respect again because it's making the money. Because right now, I mean, it's it's doing very very well. Uh, you'll get these movies that people just rush to theaters to see and have huge openings. It, for instance, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a remake. I can't like, believe it. Does anybody that well. who tells you it's not a remake is wrong. It yeah. was a miniseries. Okay, it yeah. came out in the nineties. It was nineteen ninety. I want to yeah. say. And then they redid it. And again, book. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> please read. A very um, long book. Number one movie in America. Yeah. For a couple of weeks. And yeah. I saw it. I want to say three times. Paid once. I have very nice friends and family. Oh. Um, I very much enjoyed it. And I've had people try to tell me that, no, nah, it's not really a horror movie. Yes, yes, it is. It, it really is. <laughs> what, what else would it be? Uh, yeah. they, they, they try to say, "Oh, it's more thriller," which I, I, I get so again. By. That, 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 that's, just, that's just a classist right. term. That's and what that's what that's that is. The whole thing. Well, back, they don't want to, to say horror, right? Horror is the filthy term, right? But you go to studio heads, and I bet you anything, if you ask them. So outside of your avatars and your Titanics and your this that, what's making you the money? Oh, they'll be naming their horror films. Well, because yeah. they're cheap to make, aren't they? Right. Yep. Blair Witch Project. Uh, I, I yeah. immediately think of that. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, these these low-budget paranormal activities, these... Oh, my gosh, Hey, yeah. give me a few no-names and a handicam, I'll make you a million dollars guaranteed. Yep. I Sign. Film Dark Harvest 2 in Buffalo, and you'll make some money. <laughs> I, um, I was working at movie theater when Blair Witch Project came out. I have never seen such a diverse like people were on one extreme or another with that film. Right. They either loved it or they hated it. Which one? Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch Project. Yeah. So 
and working in theater, you got a lot of times you got to see films before they actually came out. And we did an employee screening of Blair Witch Project, and there we are in a theater, maybe eight of us. Nope. After the theaters <laughs> closed, yeah. that's a big nope. Yeah. And we got out of it. We're like, uh, so you guys want to go hang out somewhere? <laughs> With somewhere? a lot of lights. Car, please. Yeah. Anything, anything that prevents me from having to go home and go to bed. And ironically yeah. enough, we, let's watch some old cartoons. A bunch of us, a, fr- a friend of mine said, you know, I got this thing that I'm making these t-shirts for. I could use some help with you guys want to come do that. We're like, sure. Great. Wonderful. Grand. It was on Grand Island, and we were doing it outside. Grand Ooh. Island is not well lit to begin Ooh. with. That's a whole bunch of notes. Oh, there, right? man, that was crazy. But Especially it if you're like, by that theme park. It seems like with horror, there are those... It seems like with her, there are those touchstone points where the game kind of changes, 100%. and Blair Witch Project was definitely one of those. Hard right. Because it, you know, at that point, like you said how important music is to horror, and I agree, but at the same time, music, we've, we're also trained to recognize when music's kind of tipping horror's hand a bit. Right. Like, mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. is queuing up the scare, mm-hmm. whereas things like Blair Witch Project, which had no music at all... The scare would come, and you're just mm-hmm. like, I did not see that coming because I have no, nothing to prepare me for it. But here's what I'll challenge you on that. I said music and sound. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes what right. got me in that movie? Hearing the stones clack off in the distance. Yeah. You had no idea where they were coming from, but you didn't know if it was two feet from them or yep. 200 feet from them. Like they, they were very smart with what they did with the sound. If it was just three people talking in a tent... I'm I'm good. I I I can do this. I can, yeah. I can go camping. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. So so they're lost in the woods, right? Okay. Oh, one of them's gone. Okay. Oh, that yeah. dude likes that wall. All right. Oh, oh, it's over. All right, cool. That was good popcorn. I'm going to see you at home. Like that yeah. would have been yeah. the whole movie, but yeah. just the, the and just like the shaking of the tent, like all those sounds. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> so something I want to ask you about, Jim. Yeah. Before we had Justice League, mm. before we had Avengers, before we had <laughs> Batman versus Superman, we had Freddy versus Jason. Yes, we did. And this was one of those movies that was talked about forever. I have a yearbook from middle school signed See in the See in the Summer, and that was in the nineties. It was a lot longer than that that it came out. And like at first, it was just like fans talking about, hey, what if they did this? Then the company started to talk about, hey, we should do this. Then yeah. after years and years of developmental hell, we finally got a Friday versus Jason film. Mm-hmm. You don't seem, you know, you're not you <laughs> yeah, seem too I'm, happy curious. with that I'm, I'm curious. Um, well, this kind of goes back to what you were saying about the team-ups. You know, um, Diminishing returns. Right. Yeah. Uh, number one, the movie should have been made in 1989. They yeah. would have... Yep. They would have been able to write their own ticket. Strike while the the irons. One hundred percent. I mean, there there's artwork out there, and I wish I could remember who did it. Um, that is absolutely incredible. That shows like the Kane Hodder Jason with the broken mask and, and Robert England's Freddy, and it, it looks absolutely amazing. Um, if that movie would have been made in 1989, every single fan of both of those franchises would have been. It would have been Star Wars lines around those theaters. It would have been absolutely yeah. incredible. Oh yeah, they made the movie in two thousand and three. They missed the boat. The, the, oh, yeah. That that was the, that was the first mistake. 
Um, the movie is called Freddy vs. Jason. Not Jason hunts down a lot of kids and Freddy tells him to do it and then they fight once and then we have a, a, a intermission and then they fight again. That's too long to put on a marquee. And they understood <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but that's unfortunately the movie we got. There's mm. some fun in the movie. Um, it is one of my favorite movie-going experiences because it was something I waited so long to see. I had, I think, the first ticket in Buffalo because it had number one on it. Um, we had a row of all the people that wanted to see it with me uh, because they knew I'd been waiting. And so we all had a blast. You know, when Kelly Rowland gets, you know, spoiler, uh, thrown up against a tree. I mean, we were laughing. And you know, when they finally fought, you know, the little five-year-old kid in me was like, oh. <laughs> um, and then you know I saw it the second time and the third time because I saw it three times in one day that's how many people wanted to see it <laughs> wow. with me because they that's just dedication. couldn't all get out of work uh, I, and again it must yeah. be that magic number here I paid for it once Yeah. Um, yeah. and you know you've seen it that many times you start to really the first time you enjoy it the second time you nitpick the third time you critique and yeah. uh, there, there was some good stuff and then there's just a lot that they needed to work on uh, number one um, Kane Hodder needed to be uh, and for any fan of the series, that is a giant slap in the face. He'd been fighting for that movie for so long. He'd been Jason from 7 through 10, and he should have been it. Uh, nothing against Ken Kurtzinger, who played Jason in that movie. He's a monster of a man, and that's what they wanted for the part. A very nice individual as well, but um, the fans wanted Kane, and they didn't get him. So right away, people were like, mm, I'm, I'm a little bummed. Um, Ronnie... Who did the directing, Ronnie Yu, um, uh, or who I always get him. He did Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky. You've seen those movies. They're comedies. So mm. Freddy versus Jason became kind of a comedy. And mm. The blood is like this metallic red CGI looking, so it, it just doesn't look right. The CGI death blood scene, is never good. Right. The no. death scenes, like the blood is like, you can hear like hydraulic jets coming out when they're cut. I've cut it's my like finger Bunny many effects. times, fellas, and I never hear, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. it never happens. Um, I mean, it's, for what it is, it's a fun movie, but like, it's like Abbott and Costello meet Freddy versus yeah. Jason. Um, mm. <laughs> I want to see that. For anyone who really wants to see Freddy versus Jason the way it was supposed to be done, get the graphic novel, because there's two of them, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. They are incredible. It takes place right after Freddy vs. Jason ended. Freddy vs. Jason and Ash from the Evil Dead series shows up. It's what the sequel was supposed to be. They've wanted to have Ash in that universe for a while. If you watch Jason Goes to Hell, the Necronomicon is in the Voorhees house. They were able to put it all together. It is incredible. Do you remember when we Please were working, you're gonna bring up when we were working at Blockbuster? Oh. I pitched you an idea. I still think about this all the I time, like, Carl. I got an idea, Jim. I've added so much to it over the years. I'm so glad you're bringing it up. Batman versus Jason. It could work. The <laughs> Ra's al Ghul brings him to... Oh, oh it would work. The, the, original, <laughs> the original idea was uh, Ra's al Ghul, Raish al Ghul, Raish. I always do that, and I know you Wants to distract Batman. And he hears of a local legend... Of Jason Voorhees. So, long story short, he brings Jason Voorhees back and drops him in Gotham City. And Jason Voorhees 
goes to <laughs> does what he does. <laughs> does what he does and goes to the environment that's most familiar to him. So he's holed up in Gotham Central Park. So Batman goes in after Jason and he sends Nightwing and Robin to go get Tommy Jarvis. <laughs> You're really bringing all this together. Well, and, Car- and Carl there- had this one great, like, pain idea of, like, Batman looking dead, like, at the reader. And, like, his eyes get big. and he's Because like, all, like, all of a sudden you see snap. Yes. Like, there's a twig. And all of a sudden Batman realizes that someone has snuck up behind him. He's like, nobody sneaks up behind me. Yes. And oh, yeah. for a moment, Batman is terrified. And, of course, Jason's behind it's him. It's like and- the first time you see fear on yeah. on Batman and it's just such a great idea and like it, it was able to mix everything we thought about how we could bring the other characters in like even like but we didn't overload uh, it at the same time either. right it just it was just, just right. enough like we were like well could we get Joker in it'd be like it'd be a passing fancy if we did it'd be one of these yeah, things where like he shows up and then Jason just like backhands him and he's like gone <laughs> you know it's just yeah. so without so, diving too deep into fan fiction uh <laughs> Yeah, we could go with like an hour on that. <laughs> why don't we? Uh, why don't we bridge the gap between modern and classic? Oh, I think I know where you're going. Ooh. What do we think about the uh, ever doomed to failure? Oh, you're not going where I thought you were. Dark universe. Uh, uh, and I, I, don't, have, I have high hopes for it. I don't know. I, I haven't. I haven't <laughs> seen any of those movies. I mean, Carl will tell you. Like I. I fail when it comes to seeing a lot of new movies. Like, I try. And I've seen a lot of good ones. But, like, for instance, I still haven't seen the new Spider-Man movie. I haven't seen any of the new X-Men movies. It's okay. No, nobody saw them on I, Nobody I, saw them on me either. Yeah. <laughs> so, or, or even anything like that. Like, I almost didn't even see the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Shame on you. But I, did, I know. But but I did. I, I mean, jeez. I just, I'll run through a, a list of movies I still haven't seen. Well, at the I risk mean, of, we're, yeah. We kind of... But anyway, yeah. but... Well, I guess but, uh, what I'm wondering but, is... But, but I look at that and I'm just like, I don't know, man. It seems like you're trying... Like, just judging from what I've heard and what I've seen, it's like you're trying too hard in the wrong direction. You know what I mean? There's something... Kind of the horse, yeah, as it were. There's something... They made a Tom Cruise movie and stuck a mummy in it. They didn't make a mummy movie. Yeah. Did, did, did you see the movie? No. The mummy? You didn't? I okay. Seen, no, did you, did you uh, no I, I want to because it, it, it's the genre. Yeah, and sure. Allegedly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, well, it was billed as we want to start the Dark Universe. And I love that idea, going back to the earlier point of... that's the, like, original shared sure. universe right. yeah, who doesn't yeah. want to in see, movie history. Yeah, who doesn't want to see a good Monster Mash? Right. No? Um, Monster Squad. It's one of my all-time oh, favorite Monster films. Monster Squad. You know, cult classic, and when I meet someone who says they've never seen it before, I'm like, here you go, you're coming Monster with me, yeah. and I'm going to change your world. I still need to see that um, movie. Oh, here you go, you're coming with me, I'm going to change your world. Um, I know Wolfman's got nards. Yes. He sure does. <laughs> uh, and my name is Horace. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, like, I want it to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. But you sure. said it best, Carl, they put... They Tom, made Tom Cruise, Cruise in a, movie in, and put a mummy in it. Yeah, you need no namers. If you want yes. a horror yes. movie, in my opinion, to succeed, all yeah, don't put somebody familiar in the lead roles. Put yep. them in a cameo. Yep, 
be like, hey, that's that guy right there. Yeah. Like Russell Crowe is Dr. Jekyll. Like, right, that's like, sure. oh, that's, that's a nice callback. Or I even, like that. Or even going back to the Universal movies. Nobody knew who Bela Lugosi was before Dracula. Nobody knew who Boris Karloff was before Frankenstein. People knew who Lon Chaney Jr.'s father was, but they didn't know who he was yeah. before Wolfman. And and those they made those roles iconic. And I, I think them being unknown bolstered them up. Right. You know, I mean, even going into more modern stuff, who was Robert England before uh, Freddy? Uh, I mean, he was in stuff. Theatrical actor and uh, V. He was uh, the alien on V. I remember V. There you go. V was uh, great. I I, I think you're totally right on that. They got to get unknowns. Um, It's the monsters that are the stars. Yeah. That's the star. It it doesn't seem like. Because they pulled Bride of Frankenstein from their release schedule. Yeah, like uh, they, three days after I finished my yeah. podcast talking about it. it <laughs> it's frustrating. Yeah, it's, I didn't it doesn't... Like, they had such a... They had a really good cast, too. Like, Johnny Depp is the Invisible Man. Right. I will go see that sure. movie. That's great casting. Um, it just... It doesn't... Because it, everybody... Everybody nowadays wants to get where Marvel is now, and they forget that Marvel built it brick by brick. Mm. Marvel took their time, did it right, you know, started with... They had movies that were good in and of themselves. Yeah. And, not, gamble, and not too. just they being part gambled. one of 18. Exactly. You know? yeah. So, and now just like, if it doesn't hit out of the box, like originally Dracula Untold was supposed to be the first one, yeah. which was great. I saw Dracula Untold. Yeah, That's like a it? good movie. Still haven't seen it. Um, watch that one it's a, it's a good origin story yeah. for mm-hmm. the monster dracula right because it also dips into the historical vlad, vlad the impaler. impaler yeah yeah um but everybody like wants to do it in one shot now and like catch up right away and they're not willing to spend the time and, and do it right don't work that way like the last i mean drew mentioned monster squad monster squad in my opinion bridges classic and modern horror it's like it is monster squad is the crossroad because it has horror to it it has comedy it has action it's got so much going for it it's got a lot of the for lack of better term tropes of modern horror while still having the tropes of classic horror as well and freaking fantastic visuals oh yeah you have a sympathetic Frankenstein. That's you have key. a truly scary creature from the Black Lagoon. I think the only monster that got shortchanged in that film was the mummy. Um, yeah, but really, what are you going to do with him yeah. In, yeah. in that yeah. realm? He's the, the weakest of the monsters. The there. Wolfman looks fantastic, yeah. and they achieve a frightening Wolfman while having him be sympathetic, Yeah, which is in what you need to do with the Wolfman. Um, and you have... One of the all-time great Dracula performances mm-hmm. by Duncan Regeer. Oh, God, it's so good. It's so good. It's always good to have a Dracula that wants to, that's okay with chewing up some scenery here. Oh, and, there. and yeah. it's all yeah. he does the entire movie. I, uh, he's you're so me. good. <laughs> he's yeah, so he's, good. He's sinister while not being cheesy. Like, who takes time out of their dominant plan to blow up a treehouse, like it's it's absolute perfection. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's taking it a little personal. Yeah. So yeah, Monster Squad's like the crossroads, I would say. Yeah, I gotta watch that one. Yes, you do. I know, I know. Um, 
Don't watch it I'll with Kate. A, I'll, put nope. on, I'll put it on the file. No, yeah, As soon as I said I it, okay. three scenes popped in my head don't at once, and I was like, Kate. don't watch it with her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. probably not. Um, um, yeah. I, th- I think that... I think we've kind of said... I mean, obviously, for this genre, we haven't said all there is to be said. It's but so... It's, oh, it's so vast. wide. The well goes deep. Reaching. Yeah, One thing have to I would like to say before we cut it off, just to bridge it for you, Carl. What's that? A little piece of trivia that I may never have told you. Uh, big Star Wars fan that you are. Uh, would you like to know who gave your Luke Skywalker the idea to audition for that role? Uh, Peter Cushing? No. My guy, Robert England. <laughs> really? So every time you watch Star Wars, give a nice little nod of appreciation to Freddy Krueger for me, please. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for doing this. This was a lot of fun and that informative. Um, yeah. Talk to me about it sometime. I won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the same goes for Jim. Yeah. Turn the mics off, man. Yeah, I'm going to keep yeah. going. We, <laughs> uh, we, we definitely appreciate it. Nate, uh, tell the nice people where they can find you and find your podcast and, okay. and stuff like that. Sure. Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Nate underscore Lockhart. Um, just kind of talk about old stuff mostly. Um, you can also uh, find my podcast, The Memory Machine, uh, through SoundCloud. And if you want to look for it on iTunes, it's under the Geekiverse. They have a singular feed for all their podcasts. So my, mine a shows channel. up. Yeah, my, mine shows up under there. And of course, the Geekiverse.com. They do a lot of. Good articles and stuff. In fact, one of my buddies right now is doing a whole series on Stephen King where he's reviewing, like, doing these little chestnut reviews of uh, a Stephen King short story every day for October. Oh, yeah, and I don't know much about it, so it's been very informative and uh, that's very cool. making me want to go uh, see if I can find some audio books or something <laughs> for work. But uh, anyway. That's and it. you have... Nothing to plug. To no, but uh, if, if anybody is local in... If the, anybody uh, wants to be my friend. It, no, it's, it, if, if anybody is local in the Buffalo area... Please you're, be my friend. <laughs> ...and you're looking for a, uh, a good Halloween experience, I am playing the Freddy Krueger character at the House of Horrors and Haunted Catacombs. So Ooh. come on through and uh, check out all the houses. And uh, you know, we're, we're ranked number one for a reason. So come on out. Nice. What do you have to plug? Uh, the show. <laughs> on the show. On we the plug show. the show on the show. Download it again. <laughs> Folks, we appreciate you joining us. As always, if you would like to send us any questions, comments for the show, you can do so at the following locations. You can find us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com. Or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, thedevilsdopodcast.com. Drew, any last thoughts? I think I owe it to myself to watch some scary movies this week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see. I think we'll make you a list. Yeah. <laughs> kind of got a hankering to watch The Lost Boys for some reason. Oh, good. Lost right? Boys? Man, you say you want to watch some spooky and that's the one you go to? To be fair, it has Prime Kiefer Sutherland, Prime Corey Feldman before he was like, you know, Totally insane, anyway. Yeah. Prime Alex Winters. Prime Alex, yeah, pre-Bill Alex Winters. Let's give some props to Jason Patrick, who does not get enough recognition. Speed 2. <laughs> We're not talking about Speed, Speed 2. Speed He's talking two. about recognition. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. <laughs> 
we said all we need to say. Like, <laughs> I think, I think Willem Dafoe ate up all the scenery there was in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, folks, anyway, it being the season, it is Cry Little Sister. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Gotcha. Song. See, it being the season, it is when you turn those podcasts off, you shut off the lights, get ready to go to bed. You hear that bump, creak. Hear that leaves rustle outside. Just remember, it's not a monster. It's not a poltergeist. It's probably just little Johnny and Susie playing a prank on you. Because it's Halloween. Or is it?